Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Warning Track Talk podcast with your hosts, Dave and Dave. Dave has been on a leave of absence for a while, but he is finally back. Welcome back to the podcast, Dave. How are you feeling? Doing pretty good. I'm glad to be here, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for today's podcast. We have a unique one uh, coming for you guys. That's right. Uh, We're going to be talking about one of the most famous baseball video games in the U.S., known as MLB The Show 20, and we're going to be discussing uh, player ratings of the Philadelphia Phillies. And now MLB The Show 20 entails a lot of different uh, stats uh, when it comes to baseball players, and some of the stats can go up to 100, and some of them can go up to 125. So it, it is a little bit more complicated for those who don't exactly know the game, but um, we will talk about it and get into uh, detail, but let's discuss some context first. So when we talk about some number ratings, uh, 60 is the league average. That is the average you can have for a stat. And I'm not sure if that also applies to the overall, but I know that applies to the attributes within the overall. And so the attributes include different uh, stats like contact, power, fielding, arm strength, velocity, so those are the main, the main ones. And so let's start off with the first player on our list, the highest rated player that we're going to be talking about today, JT Romuto. And so they have him rated in this game as an 85 overall. And so his attributes include 72 contact against righties, 69 contact against lefties, 61 power versus righties, and 65 power versus lefties. Uh, with a clutch of 69 and durability of 89. And so I really want to touch on the clutch factor first. His clutch is at 69, and so in 2019, with runners in scoring position, JT hit 284, 322, 504 with 10 home runs and 68 RBIs. So he definitely has good numbers with runners in scoring position. So that definitely leads me to believe that his clutch should be higher. And so Bryce Harper actually hit better with runners in scoring position than JT did, but JT hit a respectable 284, and so he slugged over 500 as well. He had 68 RBIs, and this just speaks volumes about the type of player that JT is, and he can be that clutch player if you need him to. So I don't see why his clutch is a 69, and to me it should definitely definitely be higher. But um, I want to also get into his durability number, which is at an 89 right now. And so JT caught 145 games in 2019. Now, I don't believe that led the franchise in the number of games caught by a single catcher in a season, but um, not too sure. Uh, He caught 145 games, and to me that just speaks about how durable JT is. And now he did complain of knee pain or leg pain, I forget which one it was, at the end of the season, um, which of course was discomfort because of playing in so many games, but JT's durability should at least be a 95 plus because no one catches 145 games anymore, and it's very rare if you do see it happen, but typically if you have a good catcher uh, for the franchise, like a Will- like a Wilson Contreras or someone of that stature, you're going to see them catch around 120, 125 games in a season at most. So uh, 145 games is definitely uh, way more than average. So I think his durability should be higher. Uh, what do you think about JT Romuto's stats, Dave, and what would you change? 
Yeah, well, I do agree with you. First off, for all you people who maybe don't know or don't play MLB The Show, uh, the ratings go from common to diamond. Of course, with diamond being the best, common being the worst, there's also bronze, silver, and gold in between the common and the diamond. So JT is an 85, which is on the borderline of diamond. Um, he has diamond fielding, I believe. I think his hitting is silver. Is that right, David? Uh, I believe it's silver, yeah. But I do think, I, I agree with you with the clutch and the durability that it should be um, higher, especially the durability uh, should be higher. But JT also had two grand slams last year, so I think his clutch should be higher. But one stat that I really want to get into, besides the fact that he has a diamond fielding, is the fact that JT's power is 61 against righties and 65 against lefties. And that does, that's a little bit wrong, in my opinion. I think it should be closer to 70 especially for the lefties, because you saw JT go yard of some of the best lefties in the league, like Cole Hamels, and I believe who, uh, I forget who the lefty was on the Braves, I forget it was a reliever, or it might have been even Jesse Biddle, yeah, it might have been Jesse Biddle. Um, but yeah, so I just think that that should be higher. But one thing that does concern me about JT, kind of relating to real life, not just video games, but is the fact that the Phillies really don't have a backup catcher. Um, and, you know, him catching 145 games is very, you know, knee prize. You were talking about like, the knee and the leg. But also is the fact that JT wants five years. I think we were talking about how it was like $130 million. So around $25 million per year. And, you know, especially towards the latter end of that contract, if JT is still catching, you know, over 140 games, that's concerning because that knee is going to take a toll and he may have to just become a first baseman. That's what a lot of catchers like Buster Posey, uh, Francisco Cervelli had to do. Because Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer, yeah. So, I mean, and the Phillies want to keep that spot open for Reese. So, it, it is a little concerning, but I do, going back to MLB The Show, I think his rating is pretty good in terms of his fielding and his contact, but I would like to see his power and especially that durability go up because, like you said, 145 games is a lot of games for a catcher. Uh, that is 100% agreeable. And so uh, JT Romuto is a good catcher in the game. Uh, I believe he goes for a little more than uh, 12,000 stubs right now uh, for his buy now, but I I'm not too sure. I would need to check again. But going on to our second, we have Zach Wheeler, and he is a 78 overall, and his numbers are as follows. He has 60, 62 hits per nine, 66 Ks per nine, 69 walks per nine, and 65 home runs per nine. And in 2019, Zach Wheeler had a decent season with a 3.96 ERA, a 1.259 whip, and 195 strikeouts. And now, I just wanted to make a little bit of a comparison to Aaron Nola because Nola had a 3.87 ERA, a 1.265 whip, and 229 strikeouts, and so I want to touch on Zach Wheeler's hits per nine in that respect. Now, as you might have heard, Zach Wheeler has uh, a little bit of a lower whip than Aaron Nola does, yet Aaron Nola in the game has a way higher hits per nine. And so that kind of concerns me, because Zach Wheeler definitely deserves more than what he has in 62 hits per nine, and now... 60 is usually the baseline. That's usually the average. And so for Zach Wheeler to have just a little bit above average, it's not great unless you're to bring Aaron Nola's hits per nine down. But I think Aaron Nola is a better pitcher than a 62 hits per nine, let's be honest. And Zach Wheeler, I think, is the same as well. I think if you were to, to adjust that to maybe a 68, uh, I would definitely be fine with that. And... Um, yeah, Dave, what are your thoughts on Zach Wheeler and maybe his hits per nine, or what other stat would you change? 
Well, yeah, I, I do agree with you in, in terms of Wheeler. I, I, you know, I was talking about how, um, well, so first of all, 78 is the silver tier. It's very close to gold. Gold is an 80, and it's the second best tier in the game. But, yeah, I do agree with you. His hits per nine um, is a 62. I think it should be, you know, a little bit higher. Um, but, you know, I, I do agree for the most part with Zach Wheeler. But one thing I wanted to talk about was his Ks per nine. Um, you know, with 66 Ks per nine, I understand that you were talking about how 60 is average, but I really think it could be closer to 70 because he's averaging like one strikeout per game and he has that electric fastball. And I do think that, you know, as of right now, 66 is not too bad, but I think hopefully the Phillies over the years will see his Ks per nine go up. But one thing to talk about before I think we you chime in is, um, you know, how Wheeler was an overpay. Going into 2020, the Phillies knew that paying Zach Wheeler that kind of cash was an overpay. Right. He didn't deserve it. And don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a, he's a very good pitcher. He's not going to be your ace. He was paid like an ace, though. Um, so really, I think that Zach Wheeler has some improvement to make. But comparing him to Aaron Nola, yeah, the strikeouts could be better for Zach Wheeler. But I for sure think that 66 Ks per nine should go up. He it does have 69 walks per nine and 65 home runs per nine. And I think the home runs per nine is pretty accurate because he did give up a solid amount of home runs last year and even playing in City Field. So... But yeah, I think that Zach Wheeler's hits per nine, which was the main argument, uh, should be uh, you know a little bit higher. Right. Um, I agree with that. And now um, I wanted to get into the fact that I think the Phillies really overpaid for him because, well, as you probably know, Dave, uh, we don't have great pitching, and we were scrambling for some pitching. And now <clears throat> last year, near the trade deadline, or even a little bit after that, we pretty much went out and got Jason Vargas and Drew Smiley, and that's not going to cut it. You know, and so I guess we just felt like we needed to go out and nab Zach Wheeler, which now he's a legitimate starter. Don't get me wrong. And like you were saying, he's not going to be your ace, but um, definitely an overpay um, with his contract of, I believe it was five years, 118 million. Dave, am I correct on that? Yeah, I think it was something around that um, sort, uh, somewhere around there. But, I mean, he's a good number two. He's a solid number two, and that's what the Phillies are going to use him as, at least for the uh, foreseeable future. Right, and I think that, um, I think Brian Price, like you said, over the course of his contract, he, he's probably going to unlock stuff with Zach Wheeler. I mean, Brian Price has worked with so many different pitchers over the course of his career, and I think that um, just being able to help these young guys out, you know, like a Zach Wheeler or maybe even a Zach Eflin, who we're going to be talking about next. Um, yeah, like these guys are definitely going to benefit from Brian Price. And I don't doubt that he's really going to benefit the entire pitching staff in general. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be cool to see. Maybe you'll see some ratings go up for the Phillies this upcoming season for the uh, live series roster updates within MLB The Show 20. So yeah, it's going to be pretty cool to see. Um, moving on to Zach Eflin, uh, we have a 70 overall rating for Zach Eflin. Uh, like, well, like you say, Dave, he's he's in the bronze tier, and so the attributes that Zach Eflin carries are as follows: uh, 52 hits per nine, 51 strikeouts per nine, 67 walks per nine, and 48 home runs per nine, with the durability of 77. And so, to start off, Zach Eflin had a a better 2019, in my in my opinion, than uh, some of the other pitchers rather in the staff. And so he had a 4.13 ERA with a 1.347 WHIP, which is a little bit high, and a one well 129 strikeouts. 
And so the average whip across the MLB in 2011 was 1.32. And I know that this is a stat that is a little bit outdated. I mean, 2011 was, of course, nine years ago, but uh, nevertheless, it was an average whip for pitchers. And ever since the ball changed, of course, you could say that the whip might have even rose a little bit, but I would definitely need to go check that out and I need to dig into the statistics a little bit more to figure that out. But I just wanted to take an average so you all know where I'm coming from with this Zach Eflin uh, whip comparison. And so to me, that speaks to the fact that there is a borderline at 60 for the hits per nine. And I wanted to touch on that because Zach Eflin is a sinker ball pitcher and he's a guy that could limit hits you know, because he's a pitch-to-contact guy, and he, he's going to be able to get ground outs. And he's, he, he's a guy that got hit around a lot by the Braves last year, but I don't believe that's going to be the pitcher that we see more of in the upcoming seasons, especially with Brian Price, like I was mentioning with Zach Wheeler, um, trying to impact different pitchers like Zach Eflin and letting him pitch to his strengths. So... I think that his whip's going to go down considerably, especially if he can control his stuff and really uh, manipulate his pitches the right way. But um, since in his 2019 numbers, he had a 1.347 whip and the average in 2011 was a 1.32, I would say if the borderline 60, he should be at, at around a 58 in terms of his hits per nine. And understandably so, his, his strikeouts per nine is a 51. Well, nine below 60. So, uh, you know, 129 strikeouts in 163 in a third innings pitched uh, speaks to him not really being a strikeout guy. And he's really just a pitch to contact guy. But uh, digging into his durability at a 77, uh, Eflin communicated with the media in 2019 about feeling quote unquote heavy. And uh, I believe his durability should be around a 60, uh, possibly a little bit higher. Uh, Dave, what is your opinion on Zach Eflin's numbers in terms of durability, whip, um, or not whip, but uh, hits per nine or case per nine, uh, whatever you want to talk about, Dave, what do you think about Zach Eflin's ratings? Oh, he's a bronze at 70. That's about the middle of the bronze tier. Um, but I do agree with you. The durability should be lower. I wouldn't go down to a 60. I really wouldn't because I, I do think that Zach Eflin can go six innings once in a while. I don't think his durability is trash. But I think his durability uh, should be probably down, you know, to about a 65, uh, maybe a little lower. But I want to I want to go to 60. I really want it. And the case per nine, I do agree with you. I do think they should be a little bit higher, though. And I do think the hits per nine should at least be average. I think that he's decent, especially, you know, when he was coming out of the bullpen. And we, he, he said he felt heavy and then he kind of figured it out. It was like, wait, are you you know, what's going on here? But. Zach Galvin is for sure a back end of the rotation end guy, but I think that the coronavirus, as we were talking about a few podcasts ago, really benefits Zach Eflin. It really does, because he doesn't have to pitch that many innings. He shouldn't have to feel heavy and kind of feel weak towards the end of the season. So I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in 2020 whenever baseball does return. Right, and um, the entire pitching staff can definitely uh, benefit from this coronavirus and the fact that they're probably not going to have to pitch a full season, I think that could be said, well, with confidence now. And so, you know, they're, they have no excuse when it comes to durability with, with being gassed. So, um, hopefully they train hard and, um, are able to come back into camp, you know, really dealing and hopefully they can eat up some innings, you know, whether it's in the rotation or the bullpen and hopefully everything can work out for the Phillies 
rotation slash bullpen. Uh, but overall, Zach Eflin, he's he's probably going to have a better season since uh, we have a new pitching coach, one that's way more experienced and one that knows how to work with different types types of pitchers. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I have for Zach Eflin. But um, yeah, he is a bronze 70 overall in the community market. He's not a bad card in terms of uh, his control and different stuff. So if you really need a cheap pickup for the team, if you don't have that much uh, money, aka stubs in the game, then Zach Eflin could definitely be a pitcher for you. Now, lastly, moving on to our last player that uh, we're going to bring up, it's Robert Stock. And now, some people have heard of him through internet articles that you've probably read, and some people probably haven't. And so, Robert Stock is a 68 overall in the game. Now, this is a lower-tier bronze, and uh, he has 64 hits per nine, 65 strikeouts per nine, 60 walks per nine, and 82 home runs per nine, which actually is pretty impressive with the home runs per nine. Um, but he does have 85 velocity and 46 arm strength. And so Robert Stock's velocity at an 85 is pretty good. That is good velocity. But um, because of Robert Stock's YouTube videos that he posts on his uh, channel, Dave, uh, if you want to shout it out when uh, you start talking, you definitely can. I'll leave that up to you. But um, 85 velocity, I feel like it should be higher because he can throw over 100 miles per hour. And in his YouTube videos, he shows you that as well. You know, he, he uses the uh, speedometer or whatever you want to call it, that uh, speed gun, and he throws well over 100. And so that's that's um, pretty impressive. So I think his velocity should definitely be higher despite um, maybe not being able to execute his pitches in the right spots or anything like that. But he definitely has a great arm. And so that kind of conflicts a little bit because he has 46 arm strength in the game. And so 46 arm strength means that you have a noodle arm and that you can't throw the ball when you're fielding. And so if Robert Stock can throw the ball hard, I don't see why he doesn't have higher arm strength. And aside from that, I think his velocity should even be higher than an 85. Now, that's just my opinion, but I think it should because you have guys that can throw around as hard as Robert Stock. And it's hard to see a guy who can throw or even crack 100 miles per hour. And Robert Stock can do that. You know, so I think at at the most, you put Robert Stock at around 95 to 97 velocity. And yes, that is pretty high for a 68 overall. But he deserves it. You know, I, and he's worked hard. You see it in his YouTube videos trying to reach 100 miles per hour and his journey to do that and I believe in preceding videos he cracked 98 and so he you could tell that Robert Stock was really working on his velocity and really trying to get that up so uh, kudos to him for doing that and I think that the stat is well deserved and um, the arm strength should definitely go up as well. Uh, now hopefully that can help his card and his overall I would think would go up to around anywhere from a 70 to a 72 uh, with these stats uh, increasing and so uh, Dave what are your thoughts on Robert Stock how much do you see his overall increasing if you do adjust said stats and uh, what stats would you change other than the velocity and the arm strength if you do have an opinion on any other stat yeah, well first off Robert Stock's YouTube channel uh, you brought it up a little bit well he came up with the Padres um, but he has a video from two years ago where he was throwing 101.3, so it's pretty impressive. But yeah, Robert Stock's um, velocity, uh, I think it could be, like you said, it's pretty good, but I think the arm strength could be a little bit higher, like 
Well, um, Robert Stocks 2019, I, I wanted to bring up since I kind of skipped it. He had a 10.13 ERA with a 2.063 whip, 15 strikeouts, and 10 and two-thirds innings pitched. Now, the strikeouts are there. The uh, the good ERA and the and the whip was uh, really not. That was definitely absent in 2019, but I think that was part of Robert Stock trying to find himself after a pretty good 2018. So, um, I don't know. It's I think it's just one of those years where Robert Stock just tries to find himself. I mean, he's still a young guy. He's just trying to find himself here in the majors, and he had some luck in 2018. Hopefully, he could rebound and find that in 2020. So uh, we'll see. I think this was a sneaky pickup for the Phillies, and it could definitely be someone that really could make an impact in the bullpen, especially since the Phillies struggled to find velocity in their bullpen and, well, in their starting rotation as well. Just their pitching staff did not have uh, good velocity. And I mean, Really, you saw a bunch of pitchers in the bullpen pitch to around 92, 93 miles per hour, and they had a slider. So that that's pretty much what you get from the Phillies bullpen. And if you add Robert Stock to the mix, you're going to see that 100-mile-per-hour uh, fastball, possibly. And uh, that's going to be reminiscent to uh, Ken Giles. You know, he was the last guy to really do it for us, 100-mile Giles. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see. I hope Robert Stock succeeds in 2020 if this season does indeed carry on after this coronavirus and, uh, yeah, Dave, it's going to be pretty exciting. Do you have anything else to say about Robert Stock? The one thing that I was just going to bring up and, and say uh, was just that you, know, you were talking about improving the arm strength. But I, I do agree with that. But I just think that, you know, raising it up a little too much brings up that overall a little too much. I mean, I think that his stats in 2019 were just too bad to the point where you don't want to raise it up much more because he is a 68. And let's be honest, there are some cards in the game that have way lower than the 68 and had better staff in 2019 than Robert Stock. One of them is being J.D. Hammer, who was a 55 in the game, and he came up in the major leagues and didn't do great, but for sure did better than Robert Stock did in 2019. So I do think that that arm strength should be up, you know, probably closer to, you know, a 65, 70, but I don't think you can raise it up to, you know, a 75, 80, whatever, because that just makes the card way better than what Robert Stock is. And I understand that, you know, his arm strength is top of the line, but you can't make his card. And that's the thing about Emma with the show is, you know, that everything kind of rates the card and everything goes back to the card uh, overall. But, you know, I do agree it should be a little bit higher, but I just think you can't put it too much higher. Right. Understandable. And uh, talking about J.D. Hammer, you said that his overall was a 55, Dave. So, um, you know, are there any other cards that you really think about that could use an overall adjustment when it comes to their attributes? Uh, for the Phillies, I don't really think so. You know, you have Reese Hoskins, uh, who has pretty good power in the game. But one card I do want to bring up, we talked about J.T., but I want to talk about Bryce. Uh, Bryce's card in the game, for all you guys who don't know, he is an 85 as well, but his power, I mean, his card is just a complete disgrace. I don't think we have enough time to talk about how bad his card is in terms of, in real life, his stats. You know, his fielding did get an upgrade from last year, but it's still not great. His arm is not phenomenal in this game, and also power should be better. And, you know, MLB The Show gives Bryce Harper like a 60 contact against both sides. Like, that's ridiculous. The guy just hits. The guy rakes. And, you know, it's pretty sad, but, you know, we were talking about off um, off podcast how, you know, Philadelphia is always on the crappy end of the stick. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all, you know, how Bryce Harper's ratings are, are you know, not really what they should be. Uh, I would probably put Bryce closer to an 87, 88, because you look at guys like Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich is an 89 and has bad fielding. So. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that just goes to show you that 89, which, of course, in the diamond tier, Bryce Harper's four lower 
and Christian Yelich's horrible defense. That just doesn't make any sense. But like I said, Philadelphia seems to get the crappy end of the stick, so it doesn't surprise me. But Bryce Harper's card is, is a pretty big disgrace in terms of the MLB The Show community and the MLB The Show game goes. Right. Uh, Bryce Harper, welcome to the city of underdogs, I guess you could say. But um, Bryce Harper, yeah, I want, I want to touch on his fielding a little bit because I think that's probably um, the set of attributes that really bothered me the most was that uh, most of his fielding ratings were in the 70s, high 70s. And I just, I don't agree with that because Bryce Harper in 2019 had 10 defensive runs saved. How can, how can you take that away from a guy who performed so well and hustled all year? And I, I just don't see how that's possible. And Bryce Harper, I believe his speed's like 69 or something. Maybe, maybe it got in, increased, but I'm not too sure. I would need to check that. Um, but I, I think his speed needs a little bit of an adjustment. Bryce, uh, he steals bags. He's aggressive on the base pads. He's going to take that extra base for you. He, he, he's clutch. He has good fielding. His arm is unbelievable. I think he at least needs, you know, 90 arm strength. And I think his arm accuracy should go up because, uh, I, I, I forget who it was that was running to, uh, third, but, he threw it to Michael. Michael threw him out. It was just a complete dot. Um, I think it might have been uh, Victor Robles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah. But Bryce Harper's car definitely underrated in the game. And for all of those who speak to Bryce Harper being overrated, um, you're you're terribly wrong. And I feel so bad for the fact that <laughs> you're so wrong. Um, but anyway, we have some bonus content. On the podcast, for everyone who stuck around until the end, uh, A-Rod, also known as Alex Rodriguez, for all those baseball fans that don't know A-Rod, um, because you're a new generation ball fan or whatever, um, he announced his virtual baseball clinic. And the session will take place on Monday at 5 on his Instagram account, which, well, his handle is A-Rod, A-R-O-D. And this, yes, it's on Instagram, so if you want to go check it out, definitely check it out, and it's going to be a great time. A-Rod's going to be talking about a lot of stuff when it comes to baseball fundamentals and just stuff that he came up with at 12, 13, 14 years old, and just some principles to live by when it comes to baseball. And he's going to be teaching you about hitting, fielding, just different stuff, maybe even some mindsets when it comes to baseball. So it's definitely going to be something to check out if you are someone who likes baseball or is thinking about being a baseball player or who has big dreams, aspirations, or what have you. But um, it's definitely going to be fun. I'm going to be there. Dave might be there as well. And, yeah, it's just going to be a great time. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know my Instagram handle, it is major underscore league underscore talk, major league talk. And so if you want to go leave a follow or if you want to talk to me as I'm in the comments there, then definitely do so. Like I said, this is going to take place Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern on his Instagram account. So uh, we hope to see you there, Dave. Do you have anything to say about A-Rod and his impact on the uh, latest generation of baseball players or just anything about his uh, name in general? Yeah, it's going to do A-Rod some good because, you know, also the fact that his steroids really, uh, you know, outlines that. So this makes up for it, I guess, somewhat. But it will be 5 p.m. Eastern time. So if you are somebody who, you know, maybe, I don't know why, but maybe if we reached out to somebody on the West Coast or Mountain Time or Central Time, uh, it is 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So adjust your clock, um, 
you know, accordingly. But also, too, David was shouting out Major League Talk, which is his Instagram. Uh, but also, I'll probably leave a link to that. Also, he has a YouTube channel where uh, he posts MLB The Show content. So I would go check that out if I were you. I watch all of his videos. He makes some really good content. And we are not sponsored by MLB The Show. But MLB The Show, we're not sponsored by them. We thought this would be a unique video trying to put that video for you guys. And also, if you want to, if you're interested in, Ro- in Robert Stock, Go check out Robert Stock's YouTube channel. It's just his name, Robert Stock, and it has uh, 162 subscribers. We're not sponsored by him either, but he does have some uh, pretty cool videos over there talking about his philosophy if you wanted to follow up on that. But it'll be a unique video we just have to do. Uh, we'll try to keep it updated, and I'll try to be on some more podcasts. Dave posted a few other podcasts as well uh, when I was not here, so go check out those vi- or those podcasts from David. And I believe this is podcast number 10, the 10 full podcasts from us before we're loving it. We're having a good time with it, and we should have another one after you guys this week, and we'll try to make some more original content for you guys. That's right, everyone. Happy 10th podcast, or happy 10th episode for the podcast. I hope uh, everyone who's watching this, or I mean listening to this, has uh, really stuck around through the thick and thin, and it's going to be a fun time here on the Warning Track Talk podcast as we talk as much baseball as possible, more of our Phillies baseball. And uh, if you like the uh, the MLB The Show uh, podcast that we're doing uh, this episode, then definitely let us know. Follow us, and uh, if you want, just uh, let me know on my Instagram at Major League Talk. I will leave a link in the um, in the description here on this episode if you want to go check it out. But um, aside from that, uh, I'm going to be leaving links as always to the CDC and WHO if anyone wants to keep uh, updated with the coronavirus just in case, and I would strongly recommend to go check it out for anyone who doesn't really know about the coronavirus or if you're not um, that up to date with it, definitely check it out. And it's not something to really be scared over, and I think Dave can even vouch for it as well. But the coronavirus is just something to keep us alert, to keep us knowing that we need to keep ourselves clean and we need to just be more conscious, alert, aware of the things that go on around us and what we really do come in contact with and what we don't. So I think really the coronavirus overall is a wake-up call. I don't think it's anything to be scared of. So um, I don't think anyone should really be too alarmed about it. Now, of course, it does cause deaths, but these deaths are in um, older people or they are in people that have health conditions prior to contracting the coronavirus so um definitely um not too much of a concern there dave uh what do you take from it well yeah it's for sure affected the world but it is serious uh but yeah just uh, be cautious and be aware and uh yeah we'll uh, see you guys in the next podcast i guess uh yeah that is all from me well that's all from dave and i And, well, thank you for listening to the Warning Track Talk podcast once again. If you want to listen to any previous podcasts, go ahead. I mean, this is the 10th podcast, and we're really proud to say it, uh, that we've even made it this far. (laughs) Go check out Dave's YouTube channel, Major League Talk. There's a bunch of content over there. If you like IRL unboxings, he unboxes some baseball bats. Uh, He also has some MLB The Show content over there for you guys, some pretty funny content. Dave graded it, and he'll still be working at it and then trying to get better as a YouTuber. But go check it out and uh, go check out his Instagram. He uh, tries to do daily, um, you know, know, at least updates over there with great baseball information and some Q&As over there. So go check it out, major underscore league underscore talk. And uh, thank you, guys. That's pretty much all for me. And have a good one. And uh, stay safe, be clean, and I'll see you guys in the next podcast. That's right. It has been warning tra- the Warning Track Talk podcast with your host, Dave and Dave. Everyone stay safe, stay alert, 
stay aware, and we will see you in the next episode.